Chapter Eleven of The Trespasser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. The Trespasser by D. H. Lawrence. Chapter Eleven. They decided to find their way through the lanes to Alum Bay, and then, keeping the cross in sight, to return over the downs with the moon-path broad on the water before them. For the moon was rising late. Twilight, however, rose more rapidly than they had anticipated. The lane twisted among meadows and wild lands and copses, a wilful little lane quite incomprehensible. So they lost their distant landmark, the White Cross darkness filtered through the daylight. When at last they came to a signpost, it was almost too dark to read it. The fingers seemed to withdraw into the dusk the more they looked. "'We must go to the left,' said Helena. To the left rose the downs, smooth and grey near at hand, but higher black with gorse like a giant lying asleep with a bear-skin over his shoulders. Several pale chalk tracks ran side by side through the turf. Climbing, they came to a disused chalk-pit, which they circumvented. Having passed a lonely farmhouse, they mounted the side of the open down, where there was a sense of space and freedom. We can steer by the night, said Siegmund, as they trod upwards pathlessly. Helena did not mind whither they steered. All places in that large fair night were home and welcome to her. They drew nearer to the shaggy cloak of furs. There will be a path through it, said Siegmund. But when they arrived there was no path. They were confronted by a tall, impenetrable growth of gorse, taller than Siegmund. "'Stay here,' said he, "'while I look for a way through. I am afraid you will be tired.' She stood alone by the walls of gorse. The lights that had flickered into being during the dusk grew stronger so that a little farmhouse down the hill glowed with great importance on the night, while the far-off invisible sea became like a roadway, large and mysterious, its specks of light moving slowly, and its bigger lamps stationed out amid the darkness. Helena wanted the day oneness to be quite wiped off the west. She asked for the full black night that would obliterate everything save Siegmund. Siegmund it was that the whole world meant. The darkness, the gorse, the downs, the specks of light, seemed only to bespeak him. She waited for him to come back. She could hardly endure the condition of intense waiting. He came, in his grey clothes almost invisible, but she felt him coming. "'No good,' he said, 
no vestige of a path not a rabbit run then we will sit down a while she said calmly here on this molehill he quoted mockingly they sat down in a small gap in the gorse where the turf was very soft and where the darkness seemed deeper the night was all fragrance cool odour of darkness keen savoury scent of the downs touched with honeysuckle and gorse and bracken scent helena turned to him leaning her hand on his thigh what day is it siegmund she asked in a joyous wondering tone he laughed understanding and kissed her but really she insisted i would not have believed the labels could have fallen off everything like this he laughed again she still leaned towards him her weight on her hand stopping the flow in the artery down his thigh the days used to walk in procession like seven marionettes each in order and costume going endlessly round she laughed amused at the idea it is very strange she continued to have the days and nights smeared into one piece as if the clock hand only went round once in a lifetime that is how it is he admitted touched by her eloquence you have torn the labels off things and they are all so different this morning it does seem absurd to talk about this morning why should i be parcelled up into mornings and evenings and nights i am not made up of sections of time now nights and days go racing over us like cloud shadows and sunshine over the sea and all the time we take no notice she put her arms round his neck he was reminded by a sudden pain in his leg how much her hand had been pressing on him he held his breath from pain she was kissing him softly over the eyes they lay cheek to cheek looking at the stars he felt a peculiar tingling sense of joy a keenness of perception a fine delicate tingling as of music you know he said repeating himself it is true you seem to have knit all things in a piece for me things are not separate they are all in a symphony they go moving on and on you are the motive in everything helena lay beside him half upon him sad with bliss you must write a symphony of this of us she said prompted by a disciple's vanity sometime he answered later when i have time later she murmured later than what i don't know he replied this is so bright we can't see beyond he turned his face to hers and through the darkness smiled into her eyes that were so close to his 
then he kissed her long and lovingly he lay with her head on his shoulder looking through her hair at the stars i wonder how it is you have such a fine natural perfume he said always in the same abstract inquiring tone of happiness haven't all women she replied and the peculiar penetrating twang of a brass reed was again in her voice i don't know he said quite untouched but you are scented like nuts new kernels of hazelnuts and a touch of opium he remained abstractedly breathing her with his open mouth quite absorbed in her you are so strange she murmured tenderly hardly able to control her voice to speak i believe he said slowly i can see the stars moving through your hair no keep still you can't see them helena lay obediently very still i thought i could watch them travelling crawling like gold flies on the ceiling he continued in a slow sing-song but now you make your hair tremble and the stars rush about then as a new thought struck him have you noticed that you can't recognize the constellations lying back like this i can't see one where is the north even she laughed at the idea of his questioning her concerning these things she refused to learn the names of the stars or of the constellations as of the wayside plants why should i want to label them she would say i prefer to look at them not to hide them under a name so she laughed when he asked her to find vega or arcturus how full the sky is sigmund dreamed on like a crowded street down here it is vastly lonely in comparison we found a place far quieter and more private than the stars helena isn't it fine to be up here with the sky for nearest neighbour i did well to ask you to come she inquired wistfully he turned to her as wise as god for the minute he replied softly i think a few furtive angels brought us here smuggled us in and are you glad she asked he laughed carpe diem he said we have plucked a beauty my dear with this rose in my coat i dare go to hell or anywhere why hell siegmund she asked in displeasure i suppose it is the postero in anything else i'm a failure helena but he laughed this day of ours is a rose not many men have plucked she kissed him passionately beginning to cry in a quick noiseless fashion what does it matter helena he murmured what does it matter we are here yet 
the quiet tone of siegmund moved her with a vivid passion of grief she felt she should lose him clasping him very closely she burst into uncontrollable sobbing he did not understand but he did not interrupt her he merely held her very close while he looked through her shaking hair at the motionless stars he bent his head to hers he sought her face with his lips heavy with pity she grew a little quieter he felt his cheek all wet with her tears and between his cheek and hers the ravelled roughness of her wet hair that chafed and made his face burn what is it helena he asked at last why should you cry she pressed her face in his breast and said in a muffled unrecognizable voice you won't leave me will you siegmund how could i how should i he murmured soothingly she lifted her face suddenly and pressed on him a fierce kiss how could i leave you he repeated and she heard his voice waking the grip coming into his arms and she was glad an intense silence came over everything helena almost expected to hear the stars moving everything below was so still she had no idea what siegmund was thinking he lay with his arms strong around her then she heard the beating of his heart like the muffled sound of salutes she thought it gave her the same thrill of dread and excitement mingled with a sense of triumph siegmund had changed again his mood was gone so that he was no longer wandering in a night of thoughts but had become different incomprehensible to her she had no idea what she thought or felt all she knew was that he was strong and was knocking urgently with his heart on her breast like a man who wanted something and who dreaded to be sent away how he came to be so concentratedly urgent she could not understand it seemed an unreasonable an incomprehensible obsession to her yet she was glad and she smiled in her heart feeling triumphant and restored yet again dimly she wondered where was the segment of ten minutes ago and her heart lifted slightly with yearning to sink with a dismay this segment was so incomprehensible then again when he raised his head and found her mouth his lips filled her with a hot flush like wine a sweet flaming flush of her whole body most exquisite as if she were nothing but a soft rosy flame of fire against him for a moment or two that she decided was supreme transcendental 
the lights of the little farmhouse below had vanished the yellow specks of ships were gone only the pier light far away shone in the black sea like the broken piece of a star overhead was a silver greyness of stars below was the velvet blackness of the night and the sea helena found herself glimmering with fragments of poetry as she saw the sea when she looked very closely glimmered dustily with a reflection of stars tiefe stille herrscht im wasser ohne regung ruht das meer she was fond of what scraps of german verse she knew with french verse she had no sympathy but goethe and heine and uhland seemed to speak her language die luft ist kühl und es dunkelt und ruhig fließt der rhein she liked heine best of all wie träume der kindheit seh es flimmern auf deinem wogenden wellengebiet und alte erinnerung erzählt mir aufs neue von all dem lieben herrlichen spielzeug von all den blinkenden weihnachtsgaben as she lay in siegmund's arms again and he was very still dreaming she knew not what fragments such as these flickered and were gone like the gleam of a falling star over water the night moved on imperceptibly across the sky unlike the day it made no sound and gave no sign but passed unseen unfelt over them till the moon was ready to step forth then the eastern sky blenched and there was a small gathering of clouds round the opening gates aus alten märchen winket es hervor mit weißer hand da singt es und da klingt es von einem zauberland helena sang this to herself as the moon lifted herself slowly among the clouds she found herself repeating them aloud in a forgetful sing-song as children do what is it said siegmund they were both of them sunk in their own stillness therefore it was a moment or two before she repeated her sing-song in a little louder tone he did not listen to her having forgotten that he had asked her a question turn your head she told him when she had finished the verse and look at the moon he pressed back his head so that there was a gleaming pallor on his chin and his forehead and deep black shadow over his eyes and his nostrils this thrilled helena with a sense of mystery and magic die großen blumen schmachten she said to herself curiously awake and joyous the big flowers open with black petals and silvery ones siegmund 
you are the big flowers siegmund yours is the bridegroom face siegmund like a black and glistening flesh-petalled flower siegmund and it blooms in the zauberland siegmund this is the magic land between the phrases of this whispered ecstasy she kissed him swiftly on the throat in the shadow and on his faintly gleaming cheeks he lay still his heart beating heavily he was almost afraid of the strange ecstasy she concentrated on him meanwhile she whispered over him sharp breathless phrases in german and english touching him with her mouth and her cheeks and her forehead und liebesweisen tönen not to-night siegmund they are all still gorse and the stars and the sea and the trees are all kissing siegmund the sea has its mouth on the earth and the gorse and the trees press together and they all look up at the moon they put up their faces in a kiss my darling but they haven't you and it all centres in you my dear and all the wonder love is in you more than in them all siegmund siegmund he felt the tears falling on him as he lay with heart beating in slow heavy drops under the ecstasy of her love then she sank down and lay prone on him spent clinging to him lifted up and down by the beautiful strong motion of his breathing rocked thus on his strength she swooned lightly into unconsciousness when she came to herself she sighed deeply she woke to the exquisite heaving of his life beneath her i have been beyond life i have been a little way into death she said to her soul with wide-eyed delight she lay dazed wondering upon it that she should come back into a marvellous peaceful happiness astonished her suddenly she became aware that she must be slowly weighing down the life of siegmund there was a long space between the lift of one breath and the next her heart melted with sorrowful pity resting herself on her hands she kissed him a long anguished kiss as if she would fuse her soul into his forever then she rose sighing sighing again deeply she put up her hands to her head and looked at the moon no more said her heart almost as if it sighed too no more she looked down at siegmund he was drawing in great heavy breaths he lay still on his back gazing up at her and she stood motionless at his side looking down at him 
he felt stunned half-conscious yet as he lay helplessly looking up at her some other consciousness inside him murmured hawa eve mother she stood compassionate over him without touching him she seemed to be yearning over him like a mother her compassion her benignity seemed so different from his little helena this woman tall and pale drooping with the strength of her compassion seemed stable immortal not a fragile human being but a personification of the great motherhood of women i am her child too he dreamed as a child murmurs unconscious in sleep he had never felt her eyes so much as now in the darkness when he looked only into deep shadow she had never before so entered and gathered his plaintive masculine soul to the bosom of her nurture come she said gently when she knew he was restored shall we go he rose with difficulty gathering his strength end of chapter 11 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.